This is the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Oil and Gas Startups. This is actually this is a good episode because we got Craig, co-founder and president of Landgate here with us and known about Landgate, just like hearing about you guys, but I've never, never got to talk to y'all, never seen y'all. So got you here in the flesh now with me. So I'm excited about this one. Came down from Colorado, not Denver. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Not, <laughs> not, not, Denver, not Denver, but came down from Colorado for sure. Made sure to let me know uh, that there was a clear distinction <laughs> between that, which is actually, I, I used to do a lot of work up in uh, Colorado and Wyoming, oh, yeah. oil and gas work. And so, um, you know, I'd fly into Denver and then I'm just going, you know, hour and a half North, Northeast of, of Denver oh, to yeah. work on oil and gas. Right oil. to so, Weld County. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So pretty familiar with that part of the world and yep. is a much different place than, uh, Denver is. Um, so I get it. <laughs> Weld, Weld County is definitely uh, a, a bit different. Uh, there's a lot of folks would like Wyoming to just kind of accept Weld County. But then, <laughs> just take but, it, yeah. but then if, if that happens, then Wyoming's population just doubled in size with one. Oh, Weld really? County. Is well, that it's much? probably, yeah, actually, wow. probably yeah. actually bigger. I mean, there's 500,000 people in Wyoming. That's crazy. Yeah. It is crazy when you think yeah. about it. That, how many people are in Houston, like sur- surrounding us right now. Yeah. The entire state of Wyoming has 500,000 people in it. That's wild. I didn't know it was that low because you know I would spend time like in Wamsutter. Yeah, it's like nothing there. Yeah, um, but it's like surely you know there's more people in Asper or places like that. But yeah, I mean if you have yeah. like two, you know, what do what do they have? Uh, Casper and then uh, Laramie. And yeah, then Sh- Cheyenne. So Laramie's where the college is at, and then Cheyenne. You probably have like three, you know, population centers. And that's about it, yeah. and that's like ninety percent of the populations <laughs> yeah. in those three. And then you've got like the Jackson Hole area which most of wyomingites don't really claim <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, you got that too but it's funny how like every state has like what they don't what they don't claim like for, exactly for texas it's kind of like austin like yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. keeping it in its bubble here it's, it's every state that way depending on where you're at like the urban areas they'll claim themselves as the state and then the rural areas are like well this is the real state <laughs> yeah. it's every state man it's that's how i am like one. with like uh anyone that comes to visit texas and like they visit austin and i'm like no you need to go out to rural texas like that's yeah that's, that's real texas yeah get but, off the interstate yeah drive on yeah, some dirt roads yeah, yeah that's where you get the real experience yeah. but anyways man tell me you know I, I i've known about Landgate. you guys are a portfolio company of rig which is the rice brothers and so rig has Landgate, cold bore and combo curve and umbrage studios so all of who of which have been on the podcast yep. so you're completing the uh you're rounding out the uh the team here the portfolio but Tell me about what you guys uh, do at Landgate. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll just give you a quick background of, you know, who we are, myself and my partner, and why we essentially created the company in the first place. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, Rice Investment Group, amazing, amazing group of guys. Uh, can't speak highly enough about Ryan. Ryan, you know, he looked at our product. This was probably three years ago now. Looked at our product, sat back, and it's like, wow, like this is this is unique. You guys really have something. So. Rice guys, uh, incredible, incredible. That's uh, so Ryan Rice is the one that he first was. Saw y'all. So Kentaro, Kentaro, and Ryan were really the first guys who kind of saw the product, 
then we, you know, flew out to Pennsylvania and then, you know, got in the room with all of them and they're like, yeah, this, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, this needs to happen in the energy space. Ryan's a pretty forward thinking guy. And I think it's funny when you look at all the Rice brothers, um, they each got a different element to them. Oh, for sure. Um, Very unique. Which, each, yeah. each one of them is, which, a, you know, is a different character. Yeah. For you sure. know, I, I'm, you know, really close to Toby and Toby's just like, you know, hell bent on operations. And then, you, you know, Danny's, you know, really finance yep. genius. And then I've never met Derek or talked to Derek, so I don't know, you know, uh, what his primary focus Derek's is. Derek's a, he's a technical guy. He's a geologist. There you go. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And then you look at Ryan and Ryan's like really like the, you know, the, I remember the first time I met Ryan, it's like on a call with him he's got like this like badass like gaming chair oh yeah like <laughs> yeah it looks like he's in a spaceship yeah, yeah. yeah for sure so. still is that way <laughs> still yeah. Is that way. Yeah. yeah but uh yeah he's uh ryan's also an investor in digital wildcatter so yeah the absolutely dude, the dude gets it right yeah. um so yeah ryan saw it um all right didn't mean to interrupt you there no you're good man no but you you make a really good point that you know those guys see uh see stuff before a lot of other folks do and they grab a hold of it and they say, yep, we're going to, we're going to run with this. Same thing they did with you guys. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Landgate in general, uh, you know, we're, we're technical guys, we're energy guys. So, you know, we don't come from the real estate side. We don't come from the land developments type side. We're scientists, engineers. And what we were doing, uh, through our careers was executing on capital, raising capital, spending it to either lease or buy property you know, make good decisions and, uh, and capitalize on that. So mm -hmm. whether we were doing that for a publicly traded company like Anadarko or a large PE or high net worth individual, it was the same process. It didn't matter what office we were in, same process, get a bunch of engineers together, get all the data, put geologists on it, create a map, draw a circle on it, tier one, tier two, tier three, hire a land team, go out there, send a bunch of letters, Still doing this, right? There's probably some listeners right now that are like, "Oh yeah, I'm part of that team." <laughs> That's my workflow. Well, it's great. Yeah. Been doing it for been doing that for a hundred a hundred years yeah. in oil and gas. And we looked at this and we're like, you know, we'd be putting bids in from large bids. I mean, had some very large PE backers backing some some teams we were doing this prior to Landgate. And we looked at this. This is so expensive. It's slow. It's stupid. Mm -hmm. And we're missing out on bids. We're missing out on opportunities because the process is so slow. The data is incredibly expensive. You have to go get it if you want to look at a different state. Okay, well, let's go buy the data again. So there's another 150 grand, yeah. 100 grand, depending on who you're using. Yeah. The data is not even clean and synthesized. So then you got to do data cleanup, get it usable, get it into this software and this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. Month later, now you have a number, you have a number, right? Because you can't run variabilities and sensitivities on all this stuff. By then, the commodity price has changed 20, 25%. <laughs> So your number is worthless. So you get to the end of the line and everybody's doing the same process. So you get to this data room and you get and you sit down in front of Wells Fargo or whoever's running a process. You say, well, where, where's your bid? Well, by then the bids, the number's worthless. It doesn't mean anything. Spacing has changed. Technology has changed. Commodity prices have changed. So now these are, these are hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billion dollar deals where it gets down to the end of the line and People are like, well, I don't really know where we should be. Do we really, really want it? Yeah. Does this justify another $150 million? This isn't like buying a set yeah. of chairs off no, Craigslist. We're, yeah, we're talking $100, $100 million. Yeah. Hey, Craig just took a shot. 
me all that aren't here. You just took a shot at my my chairs. Yeah, I didn't stripper, mean to take a shot. Our Those stripper, are, that's, our stripper chairs. Find, where did you find me today? Where'd you find me today? When, 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 hey, Craig was sitting in the chairs. He's like, these chairs are really comfortable. I'm like, yeah, we picked those up for 200 bucks. I might have to wash my pants later when hey, I get Hey, maybe home, I should but, start buying up acreage. I know how to find a fucking deal. So, <laughs> but that, so that's thing. We saw how how inefficient it was and how bad the deals that were going. And we're, I think we're seeing the consequences of that now where investors don't want to throw money into oil and gas Mm -hmm. because they've been burned extremely bad over the last 10 years by really bad deals. That's why I laugh at all these politicians that are in the media and Twitter right now Mm -hmm. that are talking about oil and gas uh, uh, gouging and, you know, making billions in profit. Like, where were we at the last 10 years? This industry has incinerated so much cash. You know, American shale was subsidized by private equity. Yep. And I mean, you look at the performance of private equity funds. I mean, not good. It's not good at all. (laughs) Go to Powder River Basin. Tell me me how some of that capital got returned back to investors. So we saw this. So we saw this process happening. We did very well. We were working with some private equities, some high net worth individuals, making them a lot of money. Not really making, I mean, we're a management team. Mm-hmm. We had a cut of profit, which was big profit, but you know, it wasn't what we we looked at everything. Zillow, Zillow at the time, you know, a typical name in every household. Like everybody yeah. knew what Zillow was. Yeah. Uber was just hitting the market. Airbnb was just hitting the market. And these were fully entrenched industries where you're never gonna change the way the taxi industry how people get get rides, you're never gonna change that. How people buy and sell a house, you're never gonna change that. And we're seeing all this stuff just like almost overnight change. And we looked at this and we put our heads together. We're like, why can't we do this with energy? And we said, you know what? Screw it. F it. We're done. We're gonna, we're either gonna flip the entire thing, the entire A and D process on its head, or we're gonna fail. Yeah. Well, here we are. We just raised our series B that we're extraordinarily excited about. Nice. But at the time, people were looking at it and they were laughing. They were saying, if you can do this. If you can do this, you're fundamentally going to change the way energy is. A and D deals are done in every energy vertical. Mm-hmm. So the goal was put democratize the data. The data is expensive for one. The reason why there's a buy-sell difference is because there's a difference in data. And when I'm saying buy-sell, this isn't between Apache and Anadarko or, or Oxy. This isn't between an operator-operator. Those gaps are this big from the people who fundamentally own the commodity, the landowners, mm-hmm. where all everything comes from, Bitcoin mining locations, mm-hmm. battery storage locations, r- solar energy locations, oil and gas locations, from the people who own the commodity, which is, God bless the United States of America, where yeah, we are the it. one country in the world where we own the commodity as, as, as yeah. individuals. Yeah, which but, is extremely unique. Unbelievably uh, unique yeah, in and, the world, in world yeah, history. And provides, I mean, just unknown amounts of wealth for people across wealth and technology advancements yes right? why did the shale boom happen here is because it happened on private property yeah. it didn't happen on federal ground did you see did you uh happen to see the documentary that we did with uh eqt and rice energy i have not no so they had a landowner um larry fourth generation dairy farmer that represented two thousand landowners there in southeast ohio mm-hmm. which was rice energy's uh oh, acreage. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, what enabled that to happen was the economic incentive for mineral owners. And he's since taking his, um, his royalties from, I think, uh, I think that pad that EQT has out there is a, it's a three or four well pad. Mm. 
and he's taken all his royalties and he's fully automated his dairy farm. And oh no, I have heard of that. Yeah, coolest, I haven't watched it, but I heard dude, the story. Go watch it's a, it. It's a go great story. Like it is the quintessential yep. oil and gas uh, resources providing economic benefit, and then on top of that, uh, technological innovation. Yeah, and it's just cool as fuck. But it's it's I one hundred percent. It's a great story, and that's what drives it is private. Private individuals doing deals to generate revenue on their property. It's what capitalism should look like. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we were seeing these deals go where a mineral owner would lease their land and have they have no idea they're a farmer or rancher and God bless farmers and ranchers in this country because they, they're the backbone of this country, but they're professionals at farming and ranching. They know nothing about how much yeah. their their mineral rights are worth. They have no idea how much their surface is worth for solar, wind, carbon storage, things like that. Mm-hmm. And you see them lease their land for $300 an acre. And then two years later or two months later, even it's going to go for $3,000 an acre being, being flipped. Yeah. So we saw this happening across the country over and over and over and over. I'm like, you know what? Screw this. This is the, like, we're going to change We're going to change this deal. So we democratize the data, we put it into a platform, web-based platform, no software, no downloads. Landowners now have a place where they come for free. They don't, we don't charge them anything. They can find out what their oil and gas minerals are worth, what their solar rights are worth, what their carbon credits are worth, what their wind rights are worth. And they can get this information and they can voluntarily participate in the marketplace. Yeah. So they can look at it and say, okay, well, I'm kind of interested in doing carbon credits for my property. I'm kind of interested in leasing for solar, but I don't. I don't really know. I don't really have anybody in my in my corner. Mm-hmm. So we created this platform where now buyers they're coming to look at the data. The world's largest energy companies, uh, and I'm happy to talk about the Series B here very quickly. Um, but they come to look at the data, but they also want to know where deals are at. Yeah. So you have 174 million landowners in the country now coming to a place, getting educated, and saying, "It's." And my partner uses a really good analogy. What made Uber so special is because. Taxicab companies were going around, knocking on people's doors, asking, asking them if they wanted to ride. Well, no, I don't want to ride right now. I'm shut the door in your face. Well, that's every single land grab that you've seen in oil and gas, solar, wind, carbon. Yeah, I come from a family of landmen. I Same mean, thing. And you're on the phone calling constantly. landowners just constantly sending out mailers and things of that nature trying and, to reach these landowners. And everybody thinks, every one of those groups thinks they have the magic sauce of the special mailer or the special this or the special that. Tell them they don't. They do not have (laughs) anything. They're all doing the same thing. So what Uber did, which is so special, which is what Landgate is, is if you want to ride, click, 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 here you go, pick you up and here's some offers. Here's some different options of getting a ride. Well, here's Landgate. You want to make money on your property? You want to go ahead and lease your property for solar, wind, carbon credits, oil and gas? Click, 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 click. It goes up into a public marketplace, that individual, or what we've transitioned in the last probably eight to 10 months, real estate agents who are already working with these folks, real estate agents, we're mash- this is what's super cool, is the seven, $800 billion commercial real estate industry. It's big, it's a lot of numbers. We're mashing that with the $5 trillion natural resources industry, and we're smashing them together mm-hmm. into one, where it always should have been. It always should have been the reason why it didn't exist the data wasn't democratized. Yeah. So that's what we've done. So yeah. now, the real, let's say you're a landowner and you got 1,000 acres in Oklahoma and it's right next to a you know, substation. It's ugly. Transmission line's like, great. This is ugly, ugly property. We don't like it. We're not making much money running cattle. 
what are we going to do, Colin? Well, now they, they go to Landgate, they click on, okay, that, well, that's interesting. It's actually worth quite a bit of money. That substation's worth something on our property. Well, what do we want to do? Well, I don't really know much about solar, wind, or carbon. Well, go and click with work with a land professional. So the landmen and the real estate agents who work with Landgate automatically get a notification. That lead goes to them. That's now their client. So it's flipping the process for them too. Rather than being a land consultant and working for Pioneer or working for uh, Silicon Ranch or whoever it is to go and now make them a lot of money because they see it happen all the time, right? Let's say they're making 100 grand a year. They bring a $40 million deal to them and they might make another $20,000 bonus for it. Yeah, It creates a lot of, it creates something and I'm sure you've seen it if you're like family of landmen, there's a lot of things can go wrong with landmen and doing deals. Yeah, and I think that you look at this information asymmetry and it creates inefficient markets, right? Yeah. And so just to your point, you know, you may have a landowner that sells their acreage, you know, three hundred dollars an acreage when it was three thousand um a couple of years later. And then on the flip side of that, I mean everyone knows that sometimes you get oil and gas owner or royalty owner mineral owners that you know, their price of what they would sell for is just astronomical. It's a great point. Yeah. We've had actual landowners come to us and they call us and say, hey, I, I know our minerals are worth way more than this. Well, what do you think they're worth? They're worth at least a million dollars. Okay, well, how many acres do you own? I own one. <laughs> so you're saying your, your minerals are worth... And th- it's not that they are being greedy. They just don't They don't know. know. They're just, they don't yeah, know they're just how ignorant. much revenue. They're just ignorant because yeah. there's not benchmarks or standardization on pricing and you know this is one thing zillow did and i know a lot of real estate agents bitch about zillow and their pricing Mm. but um zillow and uh here in houston har i mean back people take those things for granted i mean back before the internet oh yeah you know you didn't have access to information like if i wanted to see how much houses were going for in a neighborhood like i couldn't just like there was actually a real use for brokerage firms and real estate agents. And then, you know, it makes sense that real estate agents bitch and complain about Zillow because I mean, yeah, I mean, it was democratizing information and like, I'm really big in the but democratization. It drove their business. It drove their business. Look at what happened. Look at what happened in residential real estate and now com- land commercial real estate. So we see it on the same thing. Once you democratize data and you create a bigger marketplace that has a network effect, there's more deals. And we see that all the time. More transactions. Actually more happen. transactions. Yep. And it's the good transactions, Colin. Mm-hmm. The thing is, when you're dealing with most large landowners in the United States, they will stay out of the marketplace rather than feel like they're being taken advantage of. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's the vast majority yeah, of for them. For sure. Yeah. Like, we're just not going to do it. This seems yeah. like a good deal. We might make money, but you know what? I'm not going to get effed in this deal. Yeah. Someone else will. I'll because sit back and watch. their interaction with the landman is, I'm getting fucked. Absolutely. I'm getting fucked. Well, and so, and they're going to be hard-headed and they're just going to say, I'm just not going to do it. Well, and that's the thing. When they're dealing, and that's the deal that we're trying to, I think uh, this is a great platform for us to get across to the landman because a lot of landmen see this and like, well, that's com- competition for us. It's not at all. We're not a broker. We don't take p- commissions out of any of these deals. Yeah. So what it allows these landmen to do, Colin, is rather than being hired by one specific buyer and essentially working for that that one buyer, well, now 
they're actually on the other side of the fence and they are working with all of these different landowners and they individually can bring these landowners deals to the market. And that landman or landwoman can go ahead and bring these deals to the market and it's their deal. Landgate has no commission on it whatsoever. We are the tool in the platform. Yeah. And that's what I think people, they automatically in their minds in in the energy industry, real estate folks are getting it immediately. I mean, we're getting- But no, the same thing happened with Zillow. I yep. mean, the same thing happened. It's very, get it. yeah. it's very analogous where people are like, oh, this is, I'm a real estate agent. I see Zillow. I'm like, oh shit, this is going to put me out of a job. But it actually had the opposite yep. effect. I mean, I know I see so many real estate agents, probably like one of the fastest, it's got to be one of the fastest growing professions. And it's Zillow, nuts, man. Zillow was a tool and an aid for that. And it, it drove it. And that's the thing. We just got back from, uh, San Antonio, it was the the nation's largest land real estate conference there. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was 2014 Nape. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everybody's doing big deals. I mean, big, big land deals. Yeah. And yeah, they, they get it right away. And I think that's important for people on your, you know, listening to this podcast to understand that everybody in energy, when they hear that, okay, you're going to work with landowners and then there's also buyers well we're not working with either one we've created a tool where now sellers commodity owners can come to a place and buyers can come to a place and you two are directing interacting directly there's so many of the well i'm going to take my cut and i need my override and i need this and this and this and like what's landgate getting we're data platform yeah we provide the data in the market so what do you guys what is y'all's business model how do y'all make money so the business model is very very similar to um, it's it's much more similar to the commercial real estate industry where everything's subscription-based. You have okay. these big marketplaces and platforms where I'm gonna, you're going to provide me information that's going to help me run my business more efficiently and get more deals done for me. So I'm going to go ahead and pay you a subscription and you're, I'm not going to pay you anything for the trans. You're not going to charge me anything for the transaction. Yeah. Um, so you're charging subscription. Are these subscriptions being bought by the operators of energy companies, land groups, or are the mineral owners subscribing as well? Yeah, so that's a good good question. And and I'll just go ahead and, and you know, the reason why the, you guys had us on was to disclose our Series B, which we just raised and closed yeah. on uh, two weeks ago. So um, some of the world's largest energy companies use our data. Um, that being the world's largest uh, renewable energy company, Nextera, mm-hmm. led our, our Series B. Cool. Um, so Nextera Energy saw what we had. Um, it's funny how quickly very, very agile and skilled teams can move with data, and we're one of those teams. Yeah. We focused on data. We focus on products. That's why no one knows about us. We don't market. We don't advertise. We we don't do much. We, yeah. I mean, this is the first time we've been in business for six and a half years, and yeah. first time being on your podcast. Yeah, we don't talk about what we do very much. We just we just do it, and we keep our heads down. Just build, and we just build, man. We yeah. build product after product after product after product, and we have more data. We have more data. If not, uh, I know we have more data on the renewable side, which is why Nextera partnered with us. But when it, you know the the folks at you know Enverse of, of the world, the IHSs of the world. We have more data than they do, and they have they have armies and armies of folks. Yeah, um, we're blowing their doors off with the data component of that. So, some of the world's largest data companies or energy companies use our data strictly for data. They pull it into their own systems. They can utilize it. They can use it on the app, whatever they want to do. Yeah. Um, financial groups use the data because we run 
we're like we're valuation guys that's yeah. where we come from yeah so if you want to know the if you want to know the net asset value of eog right now with permits upside wells pdp we can break that out and get get it to you in five minutes interesting i can do that for eog on the oil and gas side yeah i can do that for silicon ranch on the solar side yeah i can do that for vestas on the wind side i can do this for ncx on the carbon side yeah so the finance it, that's a, a huge tam yeah on the financial market right? yeah think of what yeah. goldman sachs and bloomberg and uh jp morgan they can do knowing when let's say a, a storm comes in to the, the gulf coast well great yeah everyone's forecasting what this, that's going to do for oil and gas production what's that going to do for solar production for wind, wind production solar, yeah. and how what's the replications of that down the line and all the grids with the interconnection queues and the hosting capacities and this and this and this and this and this and this, and this. Well, we can calculate that probably in like five, 10 minutes. Yeah. Cause that's what our country, that's that, that's the soul of our company. Yeah. Is running these valuations very quickly and getting it out to people. Now, those obviously a landowner doesn't care about that. They care about their specific parcel. Mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the free component of, of what we've done is bring all of these masses to a marketplace. Yeah. Then you have the other side of the equation there. We have all of the folks that want to interact and transact with the people who own the commodity. So that's essentially what we've done. We've taken the real estate side of things and we've merged it with the energy side of things. Yeah. And it's one, it's one industry now. Yeah. And that was so evident in San Antonio at this National Realtors Conference. We hosted a panel discussion. We had uh, Kim Ridge Energy was there. Uh, Light Source BP was there. Stagecoach was there. Uh, and we had a lot of folks on the stage and we had Casey Mock of Keller Williams Real Estate. He's the he's the head of their their he's a rock star. He is the head of he's I could say he's like the digital wildcatters of land real estate. Nice. Younger guy doing a lot of stuff. Uh, but he was up on stage too to link in why the you know 300 of the you know country's largest land real estate agents need to be tuned into energy and why these energy executives need to be tuned in with what's going on because they control the land. You know, one of those agents might have control two, three thousand or thousand million acres yeah. of land that's going to create solar electrons, wind electrons, do battery storage, do crypto mining, do this and this and this and this and this, do uh, carbon credits. It's going to come from the land. Yeah. And our timing is really, really good right now because with the, the quote unquote transition of energy, I don't think, I mean, our thesis with that, Colin, is every energy is good energy mm -hmm. right we yeah. the world needs a lot of energy, lot of energy. To, to 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 function we should a all be pro lot en of it. pro energy pro energy period yeah. just pro energy period yeah where it makes sense for certain types absolutely run with it yeah. where it doesn't make sense let's maybe pump the brakes and let's see what what works best 100%. but it's going to take a massive amount of land yeah and uh, light source bp gave a good quote i mean the, just them just them they're going to be turning on 12.5 gigawatts domestically onshore of renewable energy that's that's like 150,000 acres of solar panels just in production not to mention the land grab yeah right so if you convert it to like oil and gas terms <laughs> yeah okay well how much stuff is under production how much was leased how much land was leased in 2014 versus what was under production yeah yeah so it's an enormous enormous yeah. market of land essentially yeah so that's I think that's what we do that's that's unique and special. Yeah. Is we didn't go the traditional energy route of trying to take overrides and taking a piece and this and this and taking a piece of every deal. It's the Google model. It is the 
Airbnb. It's the Uber model. It's the Zillow model where in order to make this a truly unique market, it, it, the market never existed. Yeah, It never existed where if you have capital, let's say you've got, let's say uh, Blackstone gives you $500 million and they want you to go ahead and invest 70% uh, wind, and wind and solar royalties and 30% oil and gas PDP. Mm -hmm. where do you How do you do that? that? Yeah, We created a marketplace where if you have capital to invest in natural resources, you go to one place now. Mm -hmm. And you have you, the people that they're penny spending, I'd say millions of dollars, some of these, these teams are spending millions of dollars in GNA to go and knock on doors and ask people for a ride. We've created a place where these people are actually wanting to participate. Yeah, these people are here yep. looking for a deal. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of marketplaces. Um, spend a lot of time thinking about marketplaces and and energy. I mean, one of the most uh, prolific marketplaces was Enron, what they did for natural gas markets. Mm. And you look at, um, you know, Silicon Valley likes to take credit for having the asset light business model marketplaces. Like, oh, we invented Uber, we invented Airbnb, but Enron was actually the OG mm. of asset light marketplaces. And when you look at energy, I mean, it's so funny when you talk to like VCs in Silicon yep. Valley because they're like, oh, I don't understand anything about energy. And you're like, yeah, well, it's the biggest fucking industry in the world. Like I, when you- <laughs> 100, I was, when I listening to you talk, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, I mean, we're smart guys. We, we know what we, we're doing, but we didn't invent this business model of democratizing data and creating a marketplace that yeah. now grows that marketplace exponentially. We just applied it to, like you said, the world's most critical industry that had been entrenched in one process for 120 years. And this is how we do it. This is how we get deals. This is how we spend capital. And it's really interesting, the conversations we have with, and I'm not, I'm an oil and gas guy, born and raised in oil and gas, yeah. second generation. I love oil and gas. Yeah. Absolutely love it. But the conversations we have with oil and gas companies, laying out what we do, they look at it and say, mm, I don't know, we already have a team, a whole team that does that. And we already have this and we have that. Okay, great. We show this to a company like NextEra Energy and they look at it and they sit back and they go, holy cow. And this is literally what they said. This, this changes everything. Mm -hmm. That's the world's largest renewable energy company. Yeah. And that's why they jumped. Like as soon as they saw it, let's go. We are, we are funding them, whatever <laughs> it takes. Let's go. Yeah. Your CEO was like checking on a daily basis. Did it close yet? Did it close yet? Did it close yeah. yet? So, I mean, we're, we're awesome. stoked, man. And yeah. we, we grinded. I mean, me and my partner, we bootstrapped the company. Yeah. We, I mean, I remember closing with rig. I was sleeping in Dallas's airport. I mean, I got a phone call like 1, 8, 1 a.m. was my partner's like, Hey man, we need to go over contract real quick. We're trying to close. Like we hustled. Yeah. We still, I'm, we're going to keep like, my partner says all the time, he's like, you know, you're, you're going to have to kill us. This company's either, either, <laughs> either going to work or we're going to be dead. And he's exactly right. I Same don't know. as you guys. Right? I don't know if, uh, you probably walked through our office too quick, but I'll show you, but I got a big post from our office of someone on Twitter that doesn't like us. And it's like, when is digital wildcatter is going to run out of money and go out of business? <laughs> Ain't going to happen. I fucking posterized that. I was like, uh -huh. it's not going to happen. We're fucking cockroaches. No. And we bootstrapped our business for years Same too. Thing, for years too. Yep. We didn't fucking die in 2020. We'll never die. Yep. Um, just because of pure grit and yeah. determination. Um, I want to talk about, like, I want to talk about y'all's story here in a little bit. Um, but one thing that Toby was here a few weeks back and we were just hanging out and, um, he made a comment about digital wildcatters because this goes back to like the TAM of energy. 
apps. Yeah. How big energy is. And he's like, you know, he's like, how does no one compete with digital wildcatters? He's like, how has no one tried doing there's what no you're one doing? doing yeah. You have and, no one doing what you're doing. And he's like, he's like, it's such a niche platform. And then at the same time, we're like, but it's such a big industry. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the opportunity and energy yep. so unique because you can come up with these quote unquote niche platforms. But then Tam, I mean, the carbon capture, like people don't understand. That's a trillion dollar market in itself. And like, it's like no one's really scraping, scraping the surface there. And so you start looking at all these tangential, you know, oil and gas, geothermal, uh, solar, wind, nuclear, electric vehicles, battery storage, mm-hmm. uh, Bitcoin mining. Yep. I mean, it's like energy is upstream of everything. Yeah. So, and- so think, so think about that, right? So just think about the TAM and energy and oil and gas, right? We run valuations that no one in the industry can, can do. Mm-hmm. And that's what we started with the data, right? Bottoms up valuations from type curves to yields, cuts, operating costs, you know, local specific taxes. We run all of that across the country. That's just oil and gas. I can right now. I can, I can pull up you know two hundred thousand acres in the Mississippi River Delta, and I can tell you exactly how many tons of carbon offsets are on each specific parcel based on the soil types, based on the tree species, based on everything. Do the same thing for solar. I can do it for wind. So when you add up the TAMs of all of those industries, but what's more important? Yeah, they're big industries, right? And there's tools for those, but unless you can transact on deals. It's just everybody sitting on a ton of money and nobody can get deals done. And that's what's in, that's the renewable space right now. Mm-hmm. There's, they have more money. They don't have enough. They have more money than they know what to do with. They don't have enough deals. So the special thing about Landgate is pulling in all of the deals. The hardest, the, one, the only way any of those TAMs work is if you have land and landowners that are willing to work with you. That is the hardest asset. That is the hardest person to get to. That's the hardest market to get yeah. and contact and allow them to understand in a way that they, what, what they have so that they willingly participate in that marketplace. Yeah. Because, and I don't blame them. Everyone who's contacted them, that- it's trying to make money off of They're them. trying to make money off them. They're not yeah. serving their interests, yeah. right? So you got thousand acres in Oklahoma. Yeah. Every contact that landowner has had when it comes to any energy type, including carbon credits, I'm throwing carbon credits in there too, battery storage, crypto mining, yeah. whoever's contacting them is in the, serving the interest of someone else. So they are going to continue to get more defensive mm-hmm. and standoffish, and there's going to be less deals it's only, happening. It's only getting more competitive. It's going to get yeah. more competitive. But when yes. you build a marketplace, you know you have to build both sides of the market, right? Correct. And usually, I think a good way is the way that you guys are going about it it's like you serve, like really serve one side. And in this case is mm-hmm. actual mineral owners and landowners. And for the first time you're saying like, Hey, we're in your corner. You know, we're not, we're not trying to make money off of you. We're trying to give you an, the ability to have information and to get the best deal possible. And so that's how you can get the network effects and critical mass on that side, because now they're coming to the platform instead of fucking sending out mailers and calling them knocking on the door i'd say i'd say we're the ring right we're not in anyone's corner we've created a ring where now these two entities can interact yeah right i'm not i'm not i'm not in i'm not in light source bp's corner yeah i'm not in joe farmer's corner that's you have a neutral platform i'm i'm i i am the ring where now these two can interact yeah right 
I yeah, and what I meant totally get that you guys that's are a, that's, platform, a, that's kind of a bad but, analogy because yeah. people are going to be like oh they're going to beat the crap out of the farmer well the <laughs> only reason that happens is because what we've provided is the same trainer yeah right and yeah. you're and you're, you're, M, you're mma type yeah. guy right yeah. it's the same trainer yeah you know what these now they're on a level playing field it's and they can interact and do what they want to do pro, you provided the octagon and so now yeah. <laughs> that's a terrible analogy let's see, terrible let's see how analogy. many let's see how many bad analogies we can analogy. throw at this. yeah it's not no, um, yeah, but yeah. a true marketplace yeah. is a neutral marketplace, yeah. Yeah. right? And I got some more questions for you um, on the technicalities of the platform. I want to, sure. I want to get into y'all's um, um, story a little bit more, but I really geek out on yeah, marketplaces. Man, like I fucking love these types of platforms. Um, so transactions are actually happening on the platform. I come here with mm -hmm. two million dollars. Is that two million dollars being processed? Through the platform or deals so being closed, so it's it, it's an interaction between the buyer and the seller. Okay, right. Same as like think about Zillow. You want you look at a house in Corpus Christi, mm -hmm. like oh I really like that house. Like you're the buyer here, and you're yeah. like, I really like that house. Okay, I'm gonna pick up the phone. I'm gonna call the number on Zillow. Well, when you pick up that phone number, you you're 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 not calling Zillow. You're calling the real estate agent that represents that seller. Mm -hmm. Landgate's the same exact same way. way. So let's say you're. Uh, let's say you are a, you're you're someone out there trying to find locations for Bitcoin mining or battery storage, and you see that someone's got 80 acres in Riverton, Wyoming, right next to a substation that has, you know, 80% open capacity on it and a good renewable energy credit. And you're like, that's a really good deal. You click on it, and you find out who that who that representative is because you're because you have a subscription to Landgate. You pick up the phone. You call that representative. You're not calling Landgate, mm -hmm. right? So we're we are, we're we're just the marketplace. We're the data analytics that bring two folks together. On there's never going to be a level playing field, yeah. right? And yeah. we're never we're not saying that our valuation is the be all and, and, and end all. Yeah. What we're saying is, based on the analytics of this specific location, based on exclusion zones, based on hundred year flood zones, based on the renewable energy credits, based on this, based on this, based on this, everything that an engineer would do mm -hmm. for that specific parcel, based on these numbers, this is roughly what a lease should be worth. Or this is roughly what a, yeah. if you were to sell the property, here's so your you additional guys, value. So you guys, know, you have all the data, but then you put mm -hmm. together this analytical layer that gives a baseline of Correct. saying, hey, based off of our inputs, our data, this is what this parcel is mm -hmm. is worth. And that gives a good, just kind of litmus test or general ballpark for a mineral owner coming on the platform and saying, okay, you know, based off of all of these, uh, all of this data and, you know, you know, potentially even offset acreage. This is what my, my royalties are. This is what it's a my great land point. is worth. You're exactly right. So it's a great point. It starts with the data, right? Yeah. It starts with the data, but then since we see deals across every energy vertical, then we can calibrate what the discount rates are based on a geographic basis. Yeah. Right. So if PDP's selling for in Howard County, Texas, for a PV eleven, mm -hmm. but up in McKinsey County, North Dakota, it's selling for PV twelve. We've calibrated the reserves valuation and the commodity based reserves based on what you're seeing for the actual deal. Yeah. So we calibrate it that way, and yeah, I mean that's how we go about it. Cool. Cool. Um, moving. I want to move into y'all's story a little bit because I love that, you know, you guys built bootstrapped for mm -hmm. a bit 
raised some capital and now you're at your series B, which is being announced. What year did you guys uh, start? You know, when did you come up with the idea and when did you start building? We started Landgate in 2016. Okay. So end of 2016 is yeah. when we started. And which it- is uh, really, you know, I just, when you walked in the office, I was mm-hmm. on a call with uh, a few students, MBA students at uh, SMU. And that's a big part of my story was it's like 2016 timeframe mm-hmm. with the democratization of cloud computing and AWS. You had engineers and technical professionals yep. saying like, oh, hey, we can develop solutions you start you saw these hundred million dollar decisions made on excel spreadsheets yep. and so you guys are kind of like quintessential yep. like <laughs> example of that same thing yeah like yeah. we can do this on we can do this in such a better way now yeah and so what we did it's interesting because uh, i mean you guys are in the energy space it seems like every, every day there's like a new energy tech ai like throw every buzzword out there and they're yeah. do, they're doing everything under the sun yeah what we did is Kind of the same thing you guys did. Like we start spending money out of our pockets. So yeah, myself and my partner, it's it was our capital. Like we boot we bootstrapped it, yeah. which is why we still own the majority of the company at yeah. this point. But we bootstrapped it, and we went and hired the most rock star data programmers that we could possibly find. I mean, so these guys have. I mean, we had to get my partner had to get interviewed by the NSA because of their security clearances. Really? <laughs> now, granted, my partner's from Europe, and he had been. Uh, Traveling back and forth to Moscow, <laughs> so trip, or Moscow, tri- so uh, tripping some wires, some, some yeah, flags. And, yeah. And so I mean, I, obviously, but but at the same time, so we hired these guys, and we just start throwing. Well, here's the problems that we're seeing: massive data problems, huge data problems. Well, these guys are actually used to working on true big data mm-hmm. problem. I mean, one guy wrote the code at CERN in Switzerland. That's cool. He wrote the code to capture the data of the yeah. miniature black holes. So. When he looked at the problems, we're like, well, here's this and this problem. He looks at it and the most intelligent man I've ever had the privilege to work with. He looks at it and goes, that's, we can solve that. We, yeah. we, we, we can fix that. <laughs> we can do that. We can fix that. <laughs> and it's just been one thing after another, after another. We started with oil and gas. Yeah. And we, we, we did it. Like they said, there's no, if you, if you guys can do this, it's changing everything. Yeah. We did that. Every parcel in the United States, it's an engineered valuation of the reserve space. And I know there's people out there like, oh, there's no way it can be accurate. You can hear the reserves engineer now in every office in the America. There's no way they can be close. Well, yeah. a data point, uh, when the Peak Ballard Brown deal was going in Powder River Basin, this was, I think, two or three, uh, it was probably three or four years ago, uh, Wells Fargo ran that process. Wells Fargo, they were, I think they did technical analysis on that six, seven months. Uh, there was someone in that data room who hired us to go ahead and check the reserves of what they were ran, was ran there, sends me over a Excel spreadsheet of every API, every working interest and every NRI. I had a number back to him in eight minutes. I'm not exaggerating. In eight minutes, he e- emailed it to me. I uploaded it into LandGate, populated everything, ran the reserves. I didn't run any sensitivities. We matched Wells Fargo's reserves in eight minutes within a half a percent. That's pretty cool. There was 2,500 <laughs> wells in, it, yeah. in the Powder River Basin. Yeah. That's awesome. Between multiple stacks of pay, multiple rocks, we match it within half a percent. So like I said, there is no number of this is what it's worth. There's sensitivities and there's variabilities. Yeah. How quickly and how efficiently can you get the data? If we already have the data, can you put the apply the tools and then run those sensitivities to say, in this, in this scenario, it's worth this and this and this and this and this, so that you can actually be intelligent moving forward with a buy or sell scenario. Yeah. So that's what we did. We started with oil and gas. We went with the, 
the genius of the rice group we uh went ahead and, and uh expanded i don't i hate the word pivot we didn't pivot we didn't do any we didn't pivot. Yeah. we expanded expanded. Yeah. expanded started pulling in solar data wind data now we have electrical vehicle data we have carbon data we have water data we have yeah so we're going and expanding into all these verticals but it all funnels back to one person that you need to have that marketplace work and it's the landowner and it's yeah. the most difficult it's the hardest person to work it not to work with but to get to in to participate in this marketplace because it's extraordinarily complex yeah it's not intuitive yeah and the data is incredibly expensive yeah so that's that was it democratize the data really hinge the data to get it out to the folks who own the commodities and then everyone's going to come and that's what that's what's happening now so you guys bootstrap the company which you know there's a lot of people that listen to the show that are aspiring uh founders and mm. so i like to extract um experiences and sure. wisdom through the process um you know as i alluded to digital wildcatters we bootstrapped as well and then went and raised you know we're still not vc backed um we raised a small amount of capital from angel investors um but that was after years of building yeah. our foundation and proving that we can build and um so when you guys went and raised capital from rig initially what year did that happen in that's probably that would have been two and a half years ago. Yeah, it's so like 2019. Right at the end of 2019. Yeah. yeah, cool. And then with that capital, I'm sure that you guys were going and getting software developers and things of that nature. Is it that was, you know, we really didn't we really didn't hire any new data folks. What it was was build new products. We built new products. We yeah. we expanded into the. I mean, we have the amounts of data, the trillions of lines of data of renewable energy stuff that we have. And that's why NextEra invested in the company is they looked at it and this is the world's largest renewable energy company. They looked at what we have and they're like, we don't have that. Yeah, <laughs> We're nowhere close to that. Let's go, <laughs> like yeah. Landgate, let's go. So like that's where, and that's the thing, I really appreciate you know giving us time to get get on, on here because we, we've never done any of this for six yeah. and a half years. You know, it, it's funny. I'm, you probably didn't ever see us at Nate because we were in a small booth in the corner. Well, I said, uh, right? on the podcast, it's like, I've always known about y'all, yeah. but I've never talked to you. I didn't know what y'all do. And we're so, nerds. We're nerds. nerds. <laughs> you went to mines. Uh, you, you, you visited mines, right? I didn't, I fit, in mines. Well. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't fit in very well at mines. I was always going to, and if there's, and the mines listeners, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I'll just share a quick anecdote. Uh, you know, on the weekends, I'd sit at the computer lab and listen and the kids in the back. It's like, man, we had such a wild weekend. Sit back like undergrads. I'm like, oh, really? What'd you guys do? <laughs> man, Joey got so crazy. He drank, he drank a whole six pack. It's like, <laughs> That's exactly. You, you guys, you guys really got after it this weekend. Holy cow. No, I love, I love the kids in mine. <laughs> oh, they're that's great like, kids. That's like, but that's it. Exactly. They'll, laugh, they'll, yeah. they'll laugh at that joke. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... You guys raised from RIG um, into 2019, and then here in 2022, you guys have raised from Nextera, um, which would be classified as Series B. Um, find that interesting too. You know, a lot of these, um, I don't know, Nextera even had, you know, corporate uh, CVC yeah. in house that they were doing that. So I'll have to link up with them on that. Um, what drove you guys to partner up with the CVC and Nextera instead of going to just a purebred 
a VC group, you know, like Anderson Horowitz or um, any of those with, types. With, with where we're going and our focus on land and renewables, we wanted a partner that completely understood that process. Like I said, there's the process of whether it's the biggest energy company in the world or it's the smallest mom and pop EMP mm -hmm. or uh, whoever it is now, they're all going about finding land deals the exact same. So when Nextera saw what we were doing, they're like, holy cow, this, this, this changes how we do our A and D from greenfield to even, even B2B yeah. type transactions. So they saw that we wanted someone that would just, I mean, you, can, you guys can go get a check right now. Yeah. Right now, you guys can go to any, any smaller VC, any larger VC and just say, hey, this is what we're doing. Here's our growth. This is what we're doing. They'll give you a check. Yeah. But you don't want that either, right? Capital is a commodity. It's it about is. having the right capital partners. It's the, it's the right partner. Yeah. It's the right partner, right? Yeah. So what, we've, what, we, what we did is uh, uh, we requested that we can leave a little bit of room in that Series B. And what we've done is uh, we've also partnered with some of the largest uh, network of landowners, in the, in, if not the world, the United States for sure. Yeah. So uh, we, did, we were very strategic of what is the ultimate potential of this company? What's, what is Landgate truly doing? Mm -hmm. It's energy, Nextera, the world's largest renewable energy company, mm -hmm. and land yeah. and putting them together. And that's where we've tried to focus with a Series B. And the, the goal of the Series B is to do stuff like the stuff we've really never done. Yeah. Right. I just came from Dallas at an oil and gas conference. Uh, week before I was in San Antonio and my wife and kids are not happy about that. Sorry, <laughs> girls. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, it's, uh, we, we just, people, when they see what we've done and the folks that would come see us two, three, four, five years ago at NAPE and we're in our booth corner, our little tiny 10 by 10 booth, uh, they'd see what we have and like, holy cow, you guys can do all of this stuff. Yeah, we can. How do we do, how have we not heard about this before? Well, we don't talk about it. like, and that's just the mentality of me and my partners, like product, 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 holy cow. Like we can do this too. Like let product, product. Yeah. So that's the goal. With so the you guys, Let's, uh, I got to sit down. I got to sit down with you guys. Yeah. Uh, Cause yeah, y'all are just uh, to your point, a bunch of nerds that build product. Um, no, but you've done a great job. Yeah, no, and, I, I, um, I take no offense. But like I sit, <laughs> I sit in camp uh, team distribution yeah. over product. Yeah. And I think if you can like actually marry like good distribution. I don't disagree. With, I don't disagree product. with it. I 100% I, I agree with you. I 100%. Yeah. And that's kind of the focus. Because my this. thinking yeah. is you build the world's yep. best product. Doesn't fucking matter if no yep. one uses it. Right. 100%. And, so, um, and, and, I, we're, and we're in a good spot because I mean, there's a lot of folks using it. A yeah. lot of folks liking it, but yeah. it's such an enormous it has so much potential yeah. that that's really our focus with this series B. I mean, the products are done. They're finished. We're done. We're, we're done creating products other than tweaking. You're never done with products. You're always tweaking. <laughs> you're never, you're, never, you're never done. Yeah. You're never finished. Like there's always <laughs> tweaks and things, but for 95%, the products are built. So it's, we're out there talking about it and yeah. letting people know that like, well, it's a platform. How much is transacted? Well, in the last probably 12 months there's probably been 250 million dollars transacted between buyers and sellers on the platform yeah. you know what's really interesting to the, uh to me about this is uh are you familiar with the winner's curse and auction theory have you ever no, heard it no fill me in okay so yep. um 
the winner's curse is if, if you go to MBA school, you'll learn about auction theory and all different types of auctions, you know, old English auctions, Dutch auctions, yada, yada, yada. But there's this, uh, there's this part of the theory called the winner's curse. And you know who developed it? Two petroleum engineers at oil and gas companies back in the 70s and 80s. And they found that, you know, they're going and acquiring all these assets. I can't, they worked for one of the majors. I can't remember uh, which company it was, but they're acquiring all these assets. And it says, it doesn't matter the price that we won that asset for at auction. We always overpaid. And the reason that we overpaid is because if you had 10 bidders in there, you know, what was the medium bid? If you're the the top winner, you paid over market price for that. Mm. And you almost never overcame that economically mm-hmm. and so it's pretty cool because essentially the the problem was always uh this information asymmetry and now you can like cut through a lot of the bullshit and say hey we have data um we have analysis based off of mm-hmm. other deals and then just all these other inputs it says that this is a benchmark price now you can give a sensitivity and you can say you know you know plus or minus a, yep. a percentage but you should be able to, in theory, create a more efficient marketplace. And I just, I always think like a lot of people don't know about the winner's curse. And when I learned about it and found out that it was developed by petroleum engineers in their, in their asset buying is like, that makes so much sense. And you fast forward 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. we're still here making the same exact mistakes in the industry. And it's just kind of wild. Well, I mean, look, look at a real life. So look at, look at the case study of Chesapeake. They won a lot of leases. Yeah, they won a ton of them. Did yeah. They win, not on most of those. I mean, they were yeah. they were leasing northern DJ Basin. So where you used to work in Weld County, the DJ Basin, right, goes up in northern Wyoming. Yeah. They were leasing ground up there for I, like two thousand to three thousand dollars per acre. Mm-hmm. They never there was. I mean, there's a couple horizontals that are still chugging along like half a barrel a day. Yeah, but yeah, they're. I mean, they it was a, it was a miss completely. Yeah. And that was yeah, that was. Chinese National Oil Company, so I'm not complaining. Good, good, <laughs> but I told all those farmers, are like, yes, you got to take the loss. Doing your American, your yeah. American duty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I, it's just an interesting uh, history tidbit there, and how it actually plays into what you guys are building. So, you know, wrap up this podcast. What's the future for you guys? You know, coming hot off the Series B. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Why did y'all raise that capital? What are you going to be using it for? What new products are you looking at building? Like, you know, give me one to two years out of where you guys are going. Yeah, it's a good question. It, it's it, it it's not a product raise. It's a it's a marketing. It's a PR raise. It's and that's the thing. Next year it looks and it's like holy cow! Like we can implement this across so many different of our verticals with within the company. Yeah, like this is. Every, every single financial group, every single energy company that deals with any kind of transaction should be using this. And a lot of them are, but that's, I mean, that's the goal of the series B is, yeah. uh, let's do the things that we have not done for six and a half years. Let's market. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Take, we, take some market share. Yeah. Take, well, we've got to, and that's the thing. There's, we don't, we don't have a competitor. Yeah. The same as you guys, you don't have a competitor. Yeah. Like we have a very large market share, yeah. but the TAM is this whole different segment where everything, I mean, when you look at Zillow, not just, not just real estate agents and people who want to buy houses use Zillow, financial markets use Zillow, yeah. underwriters use Zillow, yeah. insurance companies use Zillow. Anybody who needs to find out what the value of, an, of a residential asset 
they use Zillow in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. Now, if you look at it, anybody who needs to understand a valuation of an energy asset, whether it's oil and gas, solar, wind, carbon credits, Bitcoin mining, battery storage, if you want to understand the analytics of valuation on land, mm-hmm. that is Landgate. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's really it. I mean, the products are built. It's pushing and letting all of these different industries know this service exists. It yeah. already is there. It's like, man, we wish we, and we hear this a lot. If we could do this, because we get on the call and it's like, well, what, do, what do you really need? What do you need? Well, if we could do this and we could do this and we could do this and we can do this in our teams and they can kind of work collaboratively together, that's exactly what we needed. Well, all right, sit back for the next five minutes and let me show you something very quickly. And they sit back and say, wow. Right. Yeah. So that's the goal. Let's yeah. get it out there. Let's show people what we've built. That's awesome. So we obviously uh, have a lot of people in oil and gas that listen to the show. Um, a lot of EMPs, a lot of mineral funds. Um, but now, you know, we have even people in renewables and people mm-hmm. in uh, um, Bitcoin mining because technological applications can be a fit for yep. all all of those industries, right? So someone's listening, they want to check out Landgate. What's the website? How do they find you guys? Landgate.com. There Pretty you go. Easy. 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 And the enough. thing is about, you know, all of those groups, most of the capital comes from the same exact people, mm-hmm. right? So what we're seeing right now, uh, Colin, is folks who traditionally used to buy overriding royalty interest or NRAs or, you know, PDP, whatever they're buying in these funds, well, now they're also buying wind energy royalties and they're buying solar energy royalties. Mm-hmm. And in a few, this is a real, real quick plug here. Uh, we talked to one group, uh, very, very well-funded buyer. They're out there trying to buy, find solar and wind royalties right now. They'd, they have plenty of PDP in their assets <laughs> right now under control, but they're having a really rough time finding solar and wind royalties. They spent half a million dollars for a month to hire a, a consulting firm to go and do the old fashioned way of mailers, this, 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 like we're the best at doing it. We're cold calling, we'll do whatever. They got zero leads, not a single lead, not one. Spent a half a million dollars on that for a month. Jesus Christ. Think of that, right? Half a million dollars, nothing, got nothing out of it. They signed up with us the first day. They got three leads. They got three leads the first day. They closed on one of those leads. Yeah. And so I, they, they didn't if pay If you extrapolated their previous uh, process, you provided millions of dollars in value. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's, it's, and it's growing exponentially. Yeah. Right. The more, the more sellers you get there, the more buyers, the more buyers, the more sellers. Look, basic economic principle of yep. network effects. I mean, exactly. once you start building um, the marketplaces are hard to stop um, yep. because of network effects. So. So I like those businesses so much. So, yep. man, I'm excited that we finally got you on the show. Um, yeah, as I said, we've we've now rounded out the uh, rig portfolio. I think, circle, uh, yeah, circle of yeah. Trust, I think right? we got, I think we got right. one or two more. Um, mm-hmm. But um, got all all the OGs in here. So appreciate you coming on the show and uh, I appreciate sharing the time, your story man. with me, man. Absolutely, yep. guys. If you want to check out Landgate? Easy website. Landgate.com. We'll put a link in the uh, show notes so you can get to it uh, from there. Really cool stuff. I'm a big fan of marketplaces, so I get excited about uh, technology like this. And these guys are just absolutely crushing it. Um, If you haven't already, uh, subscribe to the BDE newsletter and check out uh, me and Chuck live Tuesday every morning, 10:30 a.m. on the BDE show. Catch you guys next time.